Episode 2 of 9 Erotic Deceptions. Attention! This audio entertainment must be restricted content for mature listeners. We also refer to Episode 1 providing further details about this restriction, a recommendation for parental guidance, and related info. Intro for the second and third section of Part 1. Have we been dominated by extraterrestrial aliens? That already was a question in the intro for Part 1. Whatever, check out domination or not, because I already talked about intelligence or not. Right. Keep talking about domination. Domination including bondage and spanking of the buttocks causes mental pleasure. Obedient freaks like pain applied to the body. The degradation of being obedient enough to withstand the pain turns into joyful experience. Anyone involved gets happy when all participants join together in a consenting relationship. Fun with degradation can also occur in fetishism. That may occur despite of no hurting body parts at all. One kind of degradation comes from a role play or fetish called pet play. Are you a dominant one? If not, does it turn you on when you get punished and much degraded in your position? Well. If you like the latter and you know, wearing a dog collar makes you feel comfortable, keep on listening. You would love wearing a collar while being owned as a human pet, right? Yes, I'd like that. Okay, I'm announcing this in terms of playing along with your kink. I'm fantasizing to make one human my degraded pet for lust and pleasure. Now, in direct conversation between us, you only answer with an animal voice. Actually, yes means, wow. No means, woof woof. Do you understand? Yes. Wrong answer. You should have said, wow. Now, try to answer the right way. Do you understand? Yes, uh, wow. Better. While telling you something about degradation, I'm not joking. I was born and raised a natural talent in being the cause of degradations just like that. A human pet being obedient for me couldn't help but being put in a really degrading position for a long time. This fantasy belongs to one kind of extreme degradation for anyone considering to play the role of my pet. Now, interrupt pet play. There will be no way around to describe animals in the second section of part 1 that are way smaller than dogs. Part 1 second section. Okay. So far we felt good about the idea that few nincompoops on an exoplit have no means to figure out how to come here. But a big planet full of them might bring forth a rocket ship anyways. It could be built without one of them even knowing how it works. The evidence are just ants and bees. Yeah right, those tiny insects. Some libraries have books containing reports by intelligent experts who researched ant colonies. Even I believe an individual ant is just dull like me, those books already describe complicated and intelligently designed underground habitats built by ant colonies. Of course, an individual ant barely knows about it. Do more people in the 21st century read those books? Are they informed to consider that continued progress in social interactions is bringing a big matured colony of nincompoops into a decent process? It will be the process of building a fat rocket ship and its robot passengers too. 
Do I know a movie where apparently dangerous robots from exopletary nincompoops could be seen? No, I don't. Recently I watched The Day the Earth Stood Still on DVD. Like in other movies where aliens and robots come to Earth, their ship boasts with way more high-tech than anything real. Forget that. When I see those alien ships descend and ascend without rocket engines and all that crap, I feel their gear looks way too fantastic for my taste. Yeah, they might even figure out a technique how to turn the Earth's gravity upside down with crowbars and a sledgehammer. Apparently that kind of alien has twice the IQ of what a human professor can get. Actually I prefer to remember the horror from watching the tall black beast in the movie Alien. Alright, it was just a beast and it laid eggs, so it happened to look like a biological species. Biological creatures like that, what the? Who would doubt they would not all die and decompose on a journey that might go on hundreds of millennial times after their departure? But Roberts. Roberts might be reproduced inside a fat rocket ship in time before all machines are matured to destruction. A ship buried deep inside an asteroid might even allow this trick with robots and biological creatures together. Anyways, enough maintenance inside the ship hull will keep automated processes with machines functional, even over millennial times. Probably these machines already came near to Earth a long time ago and fell into the sun, who the fud knows. What else did those robots do but repair and maintenance? Let me tell. They were powering up with a giant parabolic mirror that served as a solar sail too. The wind of the sun worked like a brake and they got into an orbit around the sun. Differences in sunshine, for some light got blocked by the mirror, became a light signal for observers on planet Crapball. Not more than a star's new kind of twinkling of what's equivalent to one piece of Morse code would be the signal to indicate a mission's success, like found OK planet. Earth, though not the biggest of planets around, has the ideal distance from the sun, appearance of the right size, and a blue atmosphere. That's what's OK, also for robots if a program makes them act this way. Did those robots make a large shield out of their ship to deflect light while orbiting around the sun in a repeated set of circles? If yes. Were the differences of light seen through a telescope on planet Crapball or somewhere close to its orbit around their dwarf sun? If the differences in light matched a positive signal as previously agreed upon by aliens, there may be trouble on its way. Rope check and handcuffs. In a comic. Good old stuff for thriller buffs. How ironic. Part 1 Third Section Get prepared before nincompoops from Planet Crapball come here. Now, do you feel the fear they are dumb enough to underestimate Earth's gravity while heading up to it for an unexpected crash dig? It raises the big question, how to lead these dull aliens away from Earth? Okay, let me give you the best answer, it's erotica, crap yeah. Look how many dull perverts like me keep watching erotic video clips and movies, no matter how raunchy they are. We like it and our alien counterparts too. At first I felt, 
a good defense against extraterrestrial unintelligence must be large erotic pictures on the moon. Wait, I mumbled to myself while watching one of my erotic videos where a tall woman is lifting up a short sexy lady to carry her around like a travel bag. Yeah, lift and carry. That's what I like to keep my comparison fetish going. Then it suddenly dawned on my few healthy brain cells that when the moon moves round the earth, so will any erotic image on it. This orbiting path makes earth way too attractive to these aliens. Crap, the moon does not work. Do we have any other object a greater distance away? Certainly, let's check out Deimos. In fact another moon, but tiny. Deimos, even the tinier of the two petite Mars moons, works best. Deception of dull aliens goes like this, aliens check out our planets including Mars. They see Deimos. They see very large photo displays covering lots of places on Deimos. When they adjust their telescope they see creatures on these images. Sure, through their telescope they see nude ladies in intimate positions with their lovers. It makes these aliens wanton and they come closer. Then they are being pulled down by Mars gravity. The asteroid with their ship will fall, crash and burn. Of course, that prevents the great catastrophe of a controlled asteroid impact on Earth. And now the details, we need different erotic pictures. It's because those perverted aliens have a fetish for one thing. We don't know what kind of fetish, but we must not concentrate on more than nine fetishes. I believe such an alien creature can barely count from one to ten. It's because an alien uses one finger for counting while the other nine fingers are getting counted. Yeah. Dull aliens could not count higher numbers. Thus, we need pictures with nine erotic deceptions. And consider ourselves lucky when one, or even more of them, works to match their nasty urge. Rope check and handcuffs. In a comic. Good old stuff for thriller boss. How ironic. Intro for part two. People who don't know me intimately find out I'm a perverted retard who has no demand for himself. Right, but so I'd like to be a human pet co-owner who would love to share my property with another kinky person. Do you like me to humiliate you? If yes, it has to be degrading for your obedient personality if you end up being the pet of two unselfish perverts instead of only one owner, right? Hey, I'm expecting your answer now. Well. Have you ever considered being called a hopelessly retardophile fetishist? I bet you haven't but I'm looking forward to make you change your mind. You will be forbidden to laugh about the term retardophile, no matter how funny it might be. You will follow to whatever command we give you, no matter how unintelligent it will be. So you better be good to do it right. Now, interrupt pet play and get through all sections of part 2 before it happens in reality. Pant, pant. Wrong response. When I say interrupt pet play, you start talking instead of panting like a bitch in heat. Part 2 First Section What erotica will be watched by suspected aliens on potentially inhabited exopletes like Capti B and Gleese 832 Yeah, their planet crapball, 
you see. Hard to say, it could be anything ranging from a nude riding threesome to tentacle massage in rubber boots. Nevertheless, it would suit to make estimations about the desires travelers in a rocket ship must develop during their very long journey. Two conditions that will change desires, first, a very restricted supply of food because of limited farming resources. Second, a great loss of gravity after getting away from their planet. Capti B and Gliese 832 the, both extrasolar planets have their locations less than 20 light Wait, years away. I got a call. Hello, oh, ah, yes, I'll let you in. Ninth floor. Second left door after coming out of the, the lift. Have to go and open the door. Sorry to interrupt. But keep on talking. I will listen on my wireless headset. Both extrasolar planets have their locations less than 20 light years away. Nevertheless, a journey from an extrasolar planet to Mars requires more than 1,000 generations of alien nincompoops to be born on their ship. Well, I guess not less than 1,000, even if the average traveler would be fertile or pregnant at 50 years of age. I don't know if there could be a useful source of energy in the environment of nearly a vacuum where they travel through. I believe they have to keep the number of living beings in each generation low to limit their power Hi. consumption Please come well. to the living room. Hi. Ah, living room and kitchen in one. Nice. Oh yes. Okay, let us begin the pet play with my female companion over there. She acts like our pet. So far she has no name. Do you got a recommendation for her name? Oh really? Shall I give her a name? Yes, if you don't mind. Well, how about Prissy? Yeah, sounds like a very good name. Now, Prissy. Get on all fours. Good pet. Now, greet my guest who shall act like your new co-owner. Well, pant, pant. Wonderful response. You learned a lot. Okay, Prissy. Interrupt pet play. I also like how you talked about travel over a distance of more than 10 light years. I also believe in some energy saving methods. Otherwise, aliens would run out of power before reaching a planet in our solar system. I even don't know if there's some energy left in the vacuum of my head. But jokes aside, while talking about energy consumed by an increasing number of individuals, yesterday I thought how nice a coitus would be, just to make you pregnant. But I must keep my lower organs in low power consumption. By the way, I also like that you have not pronounced some rare words like Gliese 832C correctly. Yeah, you always pronounce the word exoplanet completely wrong, hearing it sucks. But I know you wanted to tease me. Speaking about what sucks, your tongue went a bit limp on a couple of foreign words. I know you wanted to save some strength in your tongue to give our guest and me a more direct oral stimulation than your vocal output. Anyways, I just want you to know how to pronounce Menajatra correctly. One or another alien find enough reasons to call their rocket ship a rocket ship. They often complain about increasing travel time. Yes, they also call the asteroid harboring their ship a lame asteroid. Well. The asteroid cannot be kept from slowing down because of drag. Whatever route taken, that vehicle doesn't go through a complete vacuum. Interstellar gas and dust causes drag. 
also crap like a bombardment by comet particles bigger than sand grains happens. That crap causes additional drag here and there. It would cost lots of nerves when that vehicle had to slow down to a bit less than half of its speed. This would be bearable over a distance of a bit more than 20 light years. Lucky thing for him the asteroid happens to be symmetrical like the stub of a pencil that got shortened with a jigsaw. No resemblance to the shape of something like a hen's egg, whatever. While being straight and not even a bit curved to one side like a frankfurter sausage during cooking, it's spinning around without a tumbling kind of move. While turning around its one axis, it doesn't look wobbly. No wonder the resulting centrifugal forces work enough to make the microgravity of this environment only a bit more bearable. One full pipe and a few BMX bikes combine resources to keep doing fine despite a great deal in lost gravity. Looping around creates a pressure towards the outside. Knowledgeable men called the effect artificial gravity. In 2012, a record in artistic cycling happened when an utmost experienced BMX riding pro of adult age prepared himself to loop a 5 meters high full pipe. The first attempt to ride the entire vertical circle was a success. No fall from the bike occurred, not even during the maneuver of pulling out after the loop. Yeah, artificial gravity research had unwittingly been done with a 5 meters pipe in the state of Wyoming. For a bit fame and probably sponsorship money from an energy drink company, that loop happened without knocking some teeth-like injuries that have already occurred in one or another BMX tournament. Now compare that to the results an organization for bioastronautics can get with a research project on artificial gravity. Rope stick and handcuffs. In a comic. Good old stuff for thriller boss. Ironic. Part 2 Second Section On Earth, competition depends on the amount of consumption for growth. More consumption of food with enough protein makes bigger muscles to intimidate competitors. That's how the human female usually gets dominated by her husband or lover. But dolts inside an arsetroid act in a different way. Their females are getting dominated by group dynamics where males compete in endurance and frugality. Any fit, abbreviation for frugal interstellar traveler, keeps in line with group dynamics to dispense resources for hundreds of generations. Interstellar travelers are a group that does not allow a fit getting wasteful out of selfishness. Check it out, ladies first. What are the effects of reduced food consumption? No lady needs more than a few travelers living aboard the ship. To say it bluntly, more than a few travelers would be useless eaters. Due to the arsetroid's limited size, its lame spin merely provides a deficient fraction of g. Certainly, g means the unit of acceleration due to Earth's gravity. It compares to a bit less than 10 newtons of force per kilogram. Less than 1 newton of centrifugal force yielded by the arsetroid's spin means, any fit has to do occasional cycling routines in a full pipe to stay healthy. Without, the unhealthy effects of permanent exposure to microgravity show up, bone loss, mitrophy, and other complicated crap known in compoop wants. An interstellar traveler leaves enemies and predators far behind. 
a female fit does not want a large force of men to protect her. Well, she doesn't even want one husband being larger than her. For all occasions she needs men who consume as little as possible, though not without competition. Cycle sport looks like competition that require food consumption for muscular power and endurance. Riding a bicycle would most likely be the ideal sports aboard the ship. Harsh conditions of a limited nutrition and microgravity make a female fit eager to marry a pair of petite males. This makes a menage a trois very important. By the way, I want to remark that asteroid should not be pronounced arsetroid. Now, keep on talking about cycling. Limited nutrition in microgravity make a female fit eager to marry a pair of petite males. Those little freaks cycle much, but they eat little. Thus, a male fit doesn't burn lots of calories despite of doing lots of cycling. It helps to be petite in body mass. Just like two blades of a wind turbine counterbalance each other's weight, one pipe will be ergonomically looped by no less than two bikes. Two males, each on a bicycle, may loop in one pipe to counterbalance each other's weight. When a female loops around on her bike, her two husbands have to ride together on a tandem bike. Together they counterbalance her weight. In fact, each bike has to be attached to a vertical pole which in turn connects to an axle. The axle in the middle of the pipe remains in a fixed position. How else in microgravity are wheels being pressed down to the pipes in a wall? Cycling will bring one female and two males together. Thus, a threesome remains practical and she will marry two dimwits only. Husbands often compete in cycling on a tandem bike like their life depends on it. In fact, it does. But hey, just guess what kind of fame the dull winner gets. Yeah. The fame of being as fast as his wife who will always be much taller and eventually twice his weight, without information from a bioastronautics lab like my own resources, these dimwitted husbands will never figure out that one bike never goes faster than the other, yeah, like blades of a wind turbine, ha, ha, giggle. Rope stick and handcuffs in a comic. Good old stuff for thriller buffs. How ironic! It's a thriller. Entertaining. A really nasty spoiler. Better than hot training. Did you browse too? Take it up. We can get another new. Browse to take it up. We can guess I never knew. In a coffee cup. Belgian Adult Comics. Oh yeah. Oh look at this. Wow. That looks hot. Mm. 
the policemen find it frightening. How ironic. Police get better. Entertaining. They found a bloody feather. Better than our training. The blood yields DNA. From a domestic mate called May In a coffee cup The blood yields DNA Take it up From a housemate they called May In a coffee cup Browsing adult comics Oh yeah Yo, that's the show Oh my nerves Look at this Oh my oh my She's totally hot Oh my oh my Browsing adult comics Oh yeah Oh no Crap Crap They got kidnapped by two aliens Who were buying dress mammalians The inspector found out soon He deports them to the moon They were so bad and nagged she was tightly bound and gagged. May was sorry but hadn't met. She was tightly bound and gagged. Belgian Adult Comics. Take it out. Belgian Adult Comics. In the coffee cup. Browsing adult comics. Take it up in a coffee cup. Music. Browsing a crime comic. Hot mature remix. Lyrics got written by sticking have a drink on me by account forward slash DC and whip it by Devo together. Written without their endorsements. The instrumental music for this track was taken from Seaphoria's Beat 2084 on Sudcloud.com. Taken due to its CC by 3.0 license and no further endorsements.